Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast is sponsored by TCG Player, your source for all your trading card game needs. Use our link in the description the next time you get your cards to help support the show. Today's episode is also made possible by our Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the show directly, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Mind Sculptors and you can become part of the Sculpty family today. Or if you don't want to do any of that, leave a like and comment on YouTube or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as an offering to Algorithm Jesus. So I just finished Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and I get it now. I get it. I get it. That Doesn't sucked. it suck? Season eight. That sucked so bad. I was like, literally up to episode, like season eight, episode three. I was like, I don't get it. Are people just picky? Like what the fuck happened? And then the ending happened. And I was like, that's the payoff. That's yes. the fucking payoff this, after eight years. <laughs> Game of Thrones is different than like How I Met Your Mother because How I Met Your Mother's ending is like actually fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the issue with it was is that people watched it for a decade mm-hmm. and then it wasn't satisfying to yes. watch that after a decade and see the ending. But if you're like me and you watched it all at once, it was fine. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, on the other hand, I watched it all just, at once was not fine <laughs> how long did it take you to go through the whole thing uh honestly we started uh, i think we started Just a few weeks ago right yeah like, we i think it was on halloween seasons yeah i have literally not done well so we'll like we'll do other stuff right but like we'll just put yeah. game of thrones on the background and like i also am someone who likes to listen to stuff while i drive i don't need to yep. like look at something so i will mm-hmm. let you put it on while we drive in the mirror and, and i'm not like, i'm one of those people that gets feet. bothered though when yeah. they do all of these seasons of like oh this person has to journey from this location to this location and that takes a long time so here's half a season of them just on the trail and yeah, then yeah. season eight comes along and it's like i have a dragon now and i can get there like that yeah and, you know everything's well, sped up and fast quick travel and, function yeah <laughs> 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 I love the uh, part of why I liked Game of Thrones. Mm. All you know, the first seven seasons was the fucking slow burn. Yeah, like I love slow burns. Like, yeah. like 
Persona 5 is famously my favorite game. And that game takes for fucking ever to get oh, moving. Yeah. I have like, like 40 hours into that game and I'm pretty sure I am scratching the surface of yeah, it. The, like, Persona 5 like doesn't start until you're about like 50 hours. And like yeah, the tutorial yeah. is like 40 some hours. Yeah. Like, that's the thing wrong. that it's a sick fucking game, but like Jesus Christ, that one's a slog. <laughs> yes. Like the, it is a great game, but it's just like I love slow burns. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, Game of Thrones was perfect. Yeah. And I felt like they were really doing well to like things were starting to build up. There was a lot of tension, everything's getting there. And then mm-hmm. Okay. Also, can we talk about because I've been saying this the entire time we're watching? I was like, they just literally turned brand into professor x yes have you read the books professor x <laughs> have you read the books no they cut out they cut out so much and brand is yeah. like overpowered shit in the books. he can do yeah. everything in the books he's a god and then they just okay. were just like now you sit in a wheelchair and you can see some things yeah also like <laughs> literally every three minutes he's like i'm not a man i'm a bird and you're like Shut <laughs> <up."> <laughs> <laughs> the the books like I, I, I'm frustrated that like they clearly did the ending because like, you know, obviously they were like running out of material to do yeah. because the books are not finished. Yeah. And it's kind of frustrating that they haven't finished that. Like George Martin has like finished the books Yeah, because like we have an ending and it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be mad at him because he did help write that. Yeah. Or am I supposed to be mad at the other uh, HBO and all these people? Can you and imagine so that's like, why he hasn't released the books? Because he was like, I fucking killed it with this ending. It's going to be so no. good. And then the show came out and they were like, uh, yeah, showrunners, you guys did a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but everyone blames the directors on that. Yeah, but on the books in the fire, like- <laughs> no, but the pain. So I was a 17 year old boy reading these books in, in the end of 2014 and I flew through all five books that exist in like a, a two month span. Dude, I, I, used was, to have, I was ecstatic. I yeah. used to have a um, really nice, I sold it years ago, uh, but it was like this really nice limited edition hardcover uh, version of a dance with dragons. And it was like one of my favorite things that I had. And I kid you not after the ending of game of Thrones, I was like, fuck this book. And it was just like, damn send it to the dragons <laughs> <laughs> right, meanwhile we've gotten Dune. our non-magic commentary out right we we sort of okay. purged that no, Dune, good. on the other hand is Dune's, a masterpiece i literally have only the read half the first book but i literally watched uh or i like was obsessed with it and then uh, I, I ran out of places to read it for free <laughs> i worked at a rock climbing gym in boston and one of my fellow employees did like opera and and he would just sing the Dune soundtrack into the microphone, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it, it is it, the the movie is great. The books are also great. Um, I keep forgetting you're also from Boston. Highest conversion rate of states. Highest conversion rate. Graders. Let's go, <laughs> guys. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Welcome to the Mind Sculptors. We're coming to you from Bean Town, baby. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, two two uh, ex Bostonians now CEDH grinders. <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to talk like this for the entire episode? Oh uh, yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> so so Ian uh, has a friend that is currently on Survivor or was mm-hmm. on Survivor. They're they're currently on, um, and 
I, 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 we, we, the, the first episode comes on and Ian and I will like just text each other the whole time during uh survivor on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights. And the first episode comes on and they introduce this guy and I text Ian. I was like, he has to be playing this accent up. And he goes, Nope, that's just how he talks. No, I was like, no, well, like actually yeah. the craziest boxing accent I've ever heard to the point yeah, where yeah. I had forgotten that like because we were friends, like we would like mess with him by like literally impersonating him, right? So like first episode of the show comes on because I haven't seen him since college, right? Yeah. And I like do a perfect impression, and I was like, I forgot I had that in my pocket. Was <laughs> <laughs> he from Lowell? Uh, I actually don't know. I know he's he's okay. like pretty like in the actual like deep deep yeah, Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got it. He's got to go. Oh, but he's deep in the bean. He, he, <laughs> no, dude, he my, sounds like my, he's from Beantown, baby. My my grandma lived in Boston for ninety two years, and as a yeah. child, we would always say, "Say stop market, say stop market." <laughs> <laughs> what What's your opinion on uh, Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, it's good. I mean, I mean, like, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but the donuts are nice. I I mainly remember going to Dunkin' Donuts late into the night after doing activities I shouldn't as a child. That's that's my experience with Dunkin' Donuts. It's so amazing. Yeah, uh, mine was joining the workforce and being like, if there's not a Dunkin's every other block, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. But there is a Dunkin's every other block. They're yeah, there every is. We're fucking fine. corner. It's crazy. But then, but then, then I like, to Philly, and it's yeah. just like. Where's the dunks? Yeah. Where's that? <laughs> I have to drive like 30 miles to get to the closest dunks. What's going on? This Boston cream isn't from Boston. This is not the real stuff. <laughs> you can't fool me with this fake cream. Yeah, this is fake. This is Eagles fans cream. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Check didn't sign off on this. Yeah. This is Nick Foles. It's a backup. It's okay, but it's not the best. Brady wouldn't put up with it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's why. That's why he's in Tampa uh, now. Florida so, crepes, baby. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is the Mind Sculptor Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am your host Callahan, uh, and also my lovely other co-host, uh, who is from Bean Town. It's mm. your boy, fucking fucking ian baby yep it's me fuck fucking ian that's <laughs> my, that's what they call me on the internet my, I, I felt like yeah. that accent that i had was like somewhere in between like uh the like like it was somewhere in between morty stuttering and yeah. alan like it was like mental on that alan? spectrum yeah like mental i don't know that was like a like a 60s early saturday morning cartoon trying to do a box yeah, so access, alan. you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, for me, I got like, you know, when they like animate gangsters and they're like rats, like that's the kind of accent I got. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Green Mouse Detective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to fuck around with these pipes, kid. You don't want to be in the sewer. Also joining us uh, this week, uh, all the way up from, they're shipping up from Boston. Uh, is, is, uh, originally. Originally. It's, uh, everybody's favorite uh space uh like thing it's wounded, antenna yeah space antenna yeah. it's uh max otherwise known as wounded satellite Woo. uh and i have to so it was funny so i i edit ian's podcast or ian's show now right and so i i'm sitting at my in-laws house i had my laptop with me and ian sends me the episode it's already out that uh, is talking about chaos treasure series six. 
And in that, he he's talking about your deck, right? And what you played in that uh, event. And he goes, all right, we've got Max. So I probably <laughs> shouldn't say his name. I shouldn't dox him. Cut that out, Cal. And then he stops, goes back into it. And goes, yeah, we've got Wounded Satellite doing it again. And, you know, Max has really just been killing it <laughs> in the same fucking breath. I called him immediately <laughs> to roast. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I say though on my show, I'm like, I'm Max Sternberg, aka Wooden Satellite. Yeah, like, yeah. It's fine. They can know my real name. Yeah, my social like, security it, number is. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't on the Eminence profile every time, like you looked at the decks, like I, I don't think I would have actually cared as much when Cal called me and told me about it. I was like, yeah, I fucked up. It's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? I. I I I knew it was fine, but I just I was like, Ian, you <laughs> I shouldn't use Max's real name. Anyway, Max did a great show. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the kind oh, words. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. So, I actually had the great opportunity of getting to meet Max at two different Columbus events, actually. Uh, Columbus, uh, uh, what was it? Star City Games, Columbus, and then at the uh, Mox Masters uh, Invitational, and uh, thought we'd have him on and figure out what the ten best decks in CEDH are after the month of November or for the month of November. Yeah, after I think is the the, the correct term I'm looking for. Um. Again, I, I said this last month, if you want to see like the st- statistical analysis of the month uh, broken down with, you know, you know, what was the top four percentage, top 16 percentage win rate, all that stuff. You can go over to at Callahanna's here. It's my pinned tweet has all of that stuff right there in a spreadsheet for you uh, to take a look at. And. It was a really big month. There were 22 decks that made the standings this month, which mm-hmm. is a giant increase from what it has been in the past. We have historically, it's been mostly around like 12 to 13 decks uh, will end up making the cut uh, because of the fact that... What is that, the cut? So the cut is... So so what we... The, the parameters I have are they need to be a minimum of 10 entries into events and event size needs to be a minimum of 50 players. So, okay. you know, anything that is 50 players or more and 10 to 10 deck entries or more, we count it. Um, and so, you know, that kind of helps give you a sample size that you can kind of work with. Cause like, you know, I can't give you a good win percentage or idea off of like eight games. It doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Uh, ten games is usually you're starting to, you know, in most like sports and stuff. Ten games, you have an idea of what's going on. So uh, with that being said, uh, if you want to check that out, head over to at Callahan is here on Twitter. And it's my 
pinned tweet and you can check all that stuff out there. Uh, I'm going to be referencing those stats throughout the video uh, and throughout the podcast. So without further ado, uh, which that Ian is the correct way of saying using that term. Uh, Max, you are our guest this month. And so uh, what's your honorable mention for the month of November? My honorable mention is is a surprising one. This is a deck that I think if I was making my list really quickly and not thinking too hard on it, I would have naturally put in the top 10. But based on how it's been doing lately and just where I think the meta is right now, my honorable mention is Dargo Thrasios, Dargo uh, a deck a deck I know and love, and I think is is super super powerful. Obviously, one of its uh, premier champions has not been playing it recently, which might be hurting mm-hmm. its overall effectiveness. Um, yeah. But the way I look at the deck, I mean, I, I view us as very firmly in a mid range meta. I'm sure I'll say many times throughout this podcast, but because we're in this more mid range meta that's a little bit slowed down, and Dargo Thras tends to feed on these like more quick combo. You play out your artifacts and make my dock side. I win really fast game plans, mm-hmm. and it has no static interaction, no Dranus oppos, nothing that really holds your opponents back in this more true mid range slowed down game. I think it's a bit weaker. Um, and if you just don't let them have the dock side, it's kind of hard for them to explode, and then they lack the proper interaction and static effects to stop your other opponents from winning the game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I, I think also, like, <clears throat> bringing up the fact that Freedom Waffle is on Blue Farm now, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's a really big point of it. Because, you know, for, for months straight up, we would look through and, like, look at the Dargo Thrasios performances, and it would be, like, sometimes Manila Midget, but they had, like, a period where they weren't, like, doing as many tournaments. And then it was Freedom, and it would be, like, he would make the top cut, and everyone else would just be, like, 17th 23rd 42nd place like like the deck was just not doing well in other people's hands um yeah i think it's worth mentioning because if a list is only being executed through certain pilots that's something to be said uh, as a dock against it which is you know something we've been saying actually for canon for a little while right we've been been calling it like a deck that includes mastery right um Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting how high we've been rating canon given the fact that uh there is such a floor ceiling ratio with with that deck when we look at dargo thrasios it's really like two or three pilots who have actually like ever done okay with it right well i I think the 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 difference with canon is canon just has the player base to uh support you know having that look mm-hmm. that high floor because of the fact that just so many more like it's just hundreds of people play kitten every month yeah, so sure. it's like you can have that high floor but you just have a bigger mass of people playing the deck and learning the deck and getting into it whereas with dargo thrasios it's a little bit more fringe uh yeah. and so like yeah but it's also a deck that i love and i say this every fucking month i have all the cards for the deck just sitting on my desk and I haven't put it together. So it, it's a deck that I want to play, uh, mm-hmm. but I just haven't put it together for some reason. Um, Ian, what is mm-hmm. your honorable mention for the month of? Uh, yeah, it's it's a list that you, myself, um, uh, Judge Max, and a couple others have all like pointed out as quite strong, which is just Thrasios File Smasher. Um, yeah. I think despite it not really being putting up a ton of results. So like, oh, I guess I should also shut up Jorman who just whomped on bonfire with this thing um, and actually won the entire tournament playing this list. But there's several variations of it. Um, I mean, this feels like I'm throwing back to like 2020 when uh, was it Canadian cheese rush cow? Is that the yeah, name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, way back in the day, the end of the North guys came in and they just like kind of flipped the format upside down with this deck that was like hybrid infinite mana, hybrid ad game plan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it feels like we're just, you know, at this point in the format, recognizing like, hey, that deck was actually pretty good. Uh, and I've actually had like eight independent conversations with people, all of which people have been like, hey, Thrasy as well seems actually really strong right now. All right, I'm going to go do something else. And for some reason, it's just one of those things. It's like, not a sexy good. deck. That's, it's that's not, the thing. No. It's not a sexy deck. Um, I have been playing it a lot recently, and its win rate is stupid. Mm. Um, the it, like it just does like it, especially the way I've been playing it is uh, kind of like a rog side deck that has a commander that okay, you blew your load, you weren't able to go off. Cool, you have Thrasios in the command zone, and you can get back into this. It might not be fast, but you've got this piece in the command zone that is able to kind of get you back into games. And that has been more or less like, okay. I think the biggest advantage of it is actually green adds a lot to turbo strategies. And Mm. I don't think that green has been fully explored uh, to its like fullest extent. Bring to light has been an MVP in that deck. Uh, Summer bloom has been an MVP in that deck. Like I am a big fan of uh, Thras file and uh, very much agree with you on that honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think green is the second best tutor color. Like black gives you unconditional, but then mm-hmm. the the efficiency of green creature tutors is is yeah. wild. And yeah. I really love that it's a deck that yeah you you win on two different axes of play that are entirely separate, and you can usually right. only pick to stop one. It's kind of like when you're facing Najila, and it's like are they yeah, doing yeah. combat wins? Are they doing breach wins? Whatever. You're yeah. on that same idea where, okay, I have a Kingdom Assault line or I've got the Adnan's Breach line. Which one do you want to try and stop? And I'll just yeah. look the other way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like you can just do like the, the, the reason I enjoy that archetype specifically is because you can be like, oh man, my Nas got stopped. Uh, Dockside combo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it work? Is it, Ryan, sure? is it a Cloudstone deck? No. Uh, it can be. It, Some it people can, are, Well, but. and that's, that's kind of the thing with it is uh, it, it's a super malleable deck where it's like you can kind of tune it to whatever it is uh you want to be doing and so like for me mine is a uh dramatic scepter uh build of it and so it works more on that axis of things but you can also do the kin and basalt lines you can also do uh you know the dockside curio lines like there's so many things that you can do with it and it's so hard to deal with uh because do you it, think people are held up on the fact that it used to be curious control and they still imagine it as curious yes, control and they just yes, don't think 100%, that's good yeah. 100%. Okay. i think that's a part of it for sure yeah uh so definitely keep an eye out for that deck it is fast and it will win and grind and it sucks to play against uh <laughs> but it's fucking fun as hell to play um mm-hmm. My honorable mention for the month of November is a deck that Ian has been playing quite a bit lately, and that is Tevish Krom. Uh, Tevish Krom had a uh, pretty good November, I would say. However, it only had 12 total entries. Um, And historically on this show, I have been slow to add decks with sub 20 entries to my top 10. Uh, so Tevish Krom is a deck that I really like, I think is really solid and is really well positioned. I want to see it. I want to see more of it. 
uh that, yeah that's i don't know like a 36 percent win rate for the month it's got to be like worth a little bit more sure, we'll be talking you're, about you're, the deck again in a sec you know you're two <laughs> of the two of the the entries on there right so? i could hand you a fucking ham sandwich you need top 16 with that's it so it's like <laughs> I, I i i get the I, the deck is really strong but again it's the same reason that like this is the first month that it got onto the standings at all so it yeah. hasn't even been hitting the 10 like threshold and I so put it it's, on last month, i think what'd you say i said i think i put it on last month oh it was on your rank or power rankings i'm talking about yeah. the standings right oh sure sure sure, sure so sure, sure. like it wasn't even making the standings threshold and so that's like for me where i look at it and i'm like this is its first month first month even making my standings mm-hmm. so i want to wait and get more data on it before I sit here and proclaim it as a top deck of the format, right? Uh, it is a deck you got to keep an eye on, and I think is probably one of the best position decks in the format, but uh, yeah. I want to see, get a little bit more information. Uh, with that being said, Max, what is your number 10 selection in the oh. Mind Sculptor's draft? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask you one quick question. Do you have okay. a three D printer? I do not have a three D printer. Okay, I think we need to get someone to three D print in a deck box that is a ham sandwich, so then he can just have a deck box that's a ham sandwich to bring to events. Pretty good. Could uh, also, but... make him a uh, a deck box that is a roll of duct tape, because I it, the other thing that I say is I could hand you in a roll of duct tape and you would top sixteen with it. So, you do say ham sandwich a lot more though. I do say <laughs> ham sandwich a lot. Like the main thing, oh, you can combo with a ham sandwich. You can win with it. But uh, okay, yeah. don't get mad at me again. My number ten deck is to say weather like captain. Uh, to say super good. To say is a super super powerful deck. It's in the top ten. That's that's not trying to say it is all bad. The way I view to say is, I think it's a deck with more brewer's advantage than it deserves. I think that if someone's against a deck that, let's say, they're not used to, like Thrasio's Vile Smasher, where it's like, oh, this is Kinnon combos, this is Breach combos, if you've never played against that exact deck, you can still kind of understand how to interact with it in certain moments in certain ways. Sisse is very specified, unique knowledge, and so I think it kind of dunks on the Swiss, where people just don't know what's up, and then Sisse is going to struggle with those like top 16 pods where people understand the deck and understand the lines and can see what it's doing and how it's coming, rather than sneaking in this unexpected victory when people just think everything is fine when it isn't. Um, but overall, I, I love that the deck is incredibly explosive. It can win in this really interesting, like it's it's a whole tree of different lines it can go for, and it, it deserves so much credit for the amount of different lines it can take to win. Uh, another weakness is just that it's it's a really good Gilded Drake matchup. It's a it's a deck that's pretty non-functional without the commander, which can make it a little bit linear as all the lines do funnel through Sisse. Um, it got a really awesome boost in Agatha Soul Cauldron. I think that's like one of the best calling cards for the deck in recent time. That it did it's get this well. like awesome thing. Oh, my Gaia's Cradle just gives me Sisse's activation. Yeah, like that's that's fantastic. Um, it fights through <laughs> stacks much much better than people expect like one of my oh, yeah. big surprises from from playing your sissy deck a few times was there was a graph diggers cage on the board every single game and every single oh, game well. i could not have given less of a shit yeah and i was just like, like oh, right, i cool. went through this irrelevantly yeah the only thing that annoys you is weathered runestone then you're like that yeah. sucks and oppo oppo and weathered runestone everything else you don't care so it's yeah. it's more resilient than it, than it should be and it really gets to fly under the radar which i even i even played to say last night and i was just sitting there like i can't do anything i'll tutor out this nothingness and then i'm like okay here's a dock side here's a tie bar that, like that's, let's just, let's just and that's the thing about to say that makes it dangerous though because we've talked about this on the show before where it will do that thing where it's just kind of sitting there not doing anything 
And so people will be like, ah, we can give it an activation. It's fine. But then it gets the one activation and then the game is over. And so it's like, I've literally had multiple games won because my other two opponents were like, oh, let's let the Sisse player tutor to try and find an answer for what's going on. And I'm just like, that's not what they're going to do. They're never going to do that. They never do that. (laughs) Sisse does nothing until it does everything. Yes. That was like last night. I was like, oh, it's just a Sissé activation for three. And they were like, I think that's okay. We're going to let that one go. And I was like, sweet, here's a three fairy. Here's a three fairy. Yeah, here's a three fairy. (laughs) I like looked through the whole deck and I set it down and I like looked through the whole deck like I was still thinking. And I was like, okay, here's a three fairy. (laughs) You're such a goblin. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Listen, you got to use every trick. And listen, that's that. That's that survivor mentality, baby. Uh. Ian, yeah, I've never done that. <laughs> Ian, what is your number 10 for the month of November? Um, you know, we made mention earlier, uh, no Demir decks and Cal's honorable mention, but mine will be Talion in my number 10 <laughs> slot. Um, Talion's like out there doing well. Uh, Max P had obviously a great result with it. Um, this time around, making top 16 at um, uh, Cook. No, what's it called? Top I mean, I had a lot of top 16s recently. Top, top deck expo is what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously like that big result at a huge tournament that was not an easy tournament by any means. Right. Um, obviously a great job there. Uh, it's a deck's been doing okay. You know, a lot of top 16s, not a lot of wins and a lot of fours. Right. Um, it sort of came down a little bit from my previous months just because like, I'm, you know, top four Lotus Con did a couple of stuff. You like had that, it so. at 10 last month. Right at ten last month. Okay, then then uh, you know you have had Italian at number ten two months in a row now. Okay, you didn't well, even have it ranked th- in September because it's my honorable mention that yeah. month. Uh, no, that was Kirk. Uh, Kirk. What? Uh, really? September Italian was my honorable mention. Weird. Okay, I guess I'm wrong. Um, either way. <laughs> I think the deck's good. Uh, I think it's just hard to win with, um, yeah. as Max Very Mellow knows. Uh, and, you know, it's um, it's a deck that grinds really, really well. I mean, if we're in a situation where everyone's like, oh, yeah, Risky Study's broken right now. Not that it isn't always, but, you know, one in the, one in the command zone is pretty okay. So yeah. that's kind of where we're at with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number 10 for the month of November is we were talking about how mid range is back on the menu and, yeah. uh, uh, the the king and queen of mid range has made a return. It's oh, yeah. uh, Thrasios and Tinna, baby. Uh, Thrasios and Tinna had five top sixteens, three top fours, and a tournament win over the past month. So, like a tournament win, yeah. Was that a smaller event though? I, I think that? it was a smaller event, but yeah, it did. It was the same fifty. It, it was over the fifty. Uh, I think yeah. it was like a, a 60 person event or something like that. Okay. But regardless, it was the same guy who top forward at top deck. Uh, Alex. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. No, no, no. It, was, it was spleen face who won. This oh, because yeah. Al- Alex won like a, a top, the, the silver event on the new series. Oh, okay. so no, this was, I think this was a, a Buffalo, one of the Buffalo events. Gotcha. Um, so, but they had like a bigger cap this time in it. Like, so it hit my standings. Uh, but yeah, so, Thrasios Timna had a very good month. Uh, it actually had a better win percentage, not by a lot, uh, but by just a few fractions 
a better win percentage than attracts a grand unifier. If you saw on Twitter, uh, our friend Dan pointed that out in a picture on Twitter. And uh, I just replied, nature is healing. So I think, well, it had way less entries though, right? Am I crazy? Uh, so Thrasius Timna had 19 entries and Atraxa had 28. So uh, Thrasius Timna is like sitting right around 20. So it's like not a ton of entries, but it's still, you know, 20 entries is fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's, that's why I have it at 10. It's a, it's a deck that it also had like, you know, as opposed to like Tevish Krom, right, where it's got the lower, you know, number, we're still in the the, the teens. Uh, Thras Timna, I'm okay putting it at 10 because Thras Timna just has been good for as long as I have been playing CEDH, right? Whatever, boomer. <laughs> Actually, I've been playing CEDH longer than Thrasios and Timna has existed, yeah. but... Uh, Regardless, Thrasios and Timna at number 10. It It's nice to see that deck coming back a little bit. Uh, people kind of figuring out how to play that deck a little bit differently than maybe we have in the past. And uh, yeah, it turns out it's still good. <laughs> so uh, Max, your number nine. My number nine, uh, going quickly to one we just talked about, is Talion the Kindly Lord. Yeah. Which is a deck that it's it's one of my my decks I main currently. Uh, the list that the Max B one with is a deck that we've spent forever brewing together. Yeah, you got, it you is got awesome. Your, you got your list on the uh, database recently, didn't you? Our ta- my Italian deck is not on the database. Okay. I got my my Canon and my Obnixilus deck that's on the right, database right, right now. Right. We we forgot to submit Italian, which we, okay. we probably should have. Uh, but that's our bad. <laughs> but the, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> the deck is the deck is really really good. Uh, and and, I, and people don't see it. It's like the best pure control deck in the format. Yes, yeah. we're in a Rhystic Study format. It draws so many cards. It has the capability, both statically and on the stack, of hating on every possible type of win con. It's capable yeah. of stopping and shutting down anything. People don't realize how many decks, the how many win cons the deck actually has. It's a deck that can confidently win with Thoracle and protect it extremely well. It can win through Mnemonic with Trail Lions. It has a very real, extreme, like I even say this is the way I win almost the most at this point, attrition plan, where the combination of life loss from Talion, Blood Chief's Ascension, Shieldred, Bowmasters, yeah. especially when you pair those attrition pieces with some yeah, explosive together, yeah. things like yeah, yeah. wheels or meme bet with the Blood Chief's yeah. out where they just blink all the cards. And then the yeah. newest addition we've done is Hallbreaker Horror where Hallbreaker Horror is a card that we were off not thinking of for a long time because it's not an outlet commander in Italian, but the play pattern of letting the game develop and eventually just tutoring for Hallbreaker Horror, and it's a one-card win con where you go infinite through rocks or clones with Dockside or whatever, and then all you need is one tutor, and you either get the one ring or Bowmasters, and you infinitely blink that, and you just win the game on the spot. It's safe, it's protected, it's all at flash speed. I mean, the deck is the deck is absolutely crazy. And one of the things I've really loved about it is you get rewarded for your opponents playing the game, kind of like Nidmizzet, where I built Nidmizzet recently. And the big eye-opening experience for me with that deck is you get into these interaction battles on Niv, and yeah. you end up after the interaction battle with more cards in hand than when oh, you cards. started. It's like it's like kind of fucking mind blowing. You're like, how did I go up to ten cards? Five when I, I had just five originally. Yeah. It's weird, but so Talion has a similar effect, not the same strength as Niv. Niv is better than Talion on the battlefield, but Talion is more consistent and has the consistency of black, which is really important for being yeah. able to win the game so confidently. Um, the other thing that's great about the deck, because it's so deep on interaction and so much of that interaction is niche, you sometimes get to wait in your lines longer and tell people like, I don't have anything for this. And you're not lying, but you're letting other people interact at these moments that they think they have to interact. And then 
you know, if they fight over the demonic consultation and they blow their action, the person who's casting it wins. And then the Thoracle leaves you in the stack. And now you're like, well, now I'll use Drift Mind. Thank you guys for blowing all of your resources. It, yeah. it lets you wait and be patient and get more cards of your opponents, which also draws you more cards. The deck yeah. is really fun to play. It can be taxing mentally because you do need to be locked in yes. for long controlling games where every single interaction is very, very important. You can't fuck up. That, um, that That's part of why I took a little bit of a break. It's like my my winter break from uh, Tivit where uh, I, I just have played so much Tivit recently that uh, I was like, I, I just need a deck that goes fast. Are we are we showing off our animals? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for the full mm-hmm. dog scoop. <laughs> oh, you weren't ready for that, dude. She's my little baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is Suki. <laughs> I was like, wait, where's Athena? Then I like just zoomed in on her little fat face. <laughs> See, come here. See, up, hey, up. Are you gonna be weird? Oh, <laughs> what a little cutie! You Chesina, are you a good girl? <laughs> Hi. You guys have considerably larger lap friends than I do currently. <laughs> yes, you are. You yeah. are a big lap. Friend. <laughs> it was a good pet break. I think we. we yeah, yeah that was good. That was good. That was good. All right, so we can go back on the bed. Oh, that was funny. A bunch of our episodes, like Suki just randomly jumps on my lap and starts kissing my face. And Max is like, it's the <laughs> cutest thing to edit. <laughs> um, yeah, Talion, Talion's super hot. I'm a big fan. Uh, Ian, what is your number nine? Well, Callahan, thank you for asking. My number nine is the king of combos uh, himself, Lord Kenrith, the high artificer. No, uh, Lord Kenrith, King Kenrith, the the old King K. Um, he's just that like combo outlet, you know? Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you're like, hey, I want to play Adnaz, and also I would like to play random infinite mana combos, and um, also PTD is the only one who ever plays this deck, but I guess uh, he keeps doing well with it, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, Kenneth I had that. 24 entries and a 31% yeah. win percentage. So, like, yeah. not a bad month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all the kitten lines, too, were, like, wicked strong in the deck. Like, we I, like it just you to play five-color good stuff. Yeah, I said wicked. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Boston episode. Yo, it's <laughs> fucking sick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, King Kenny's wicked good, dog. <laughs> Yo, t- I uh, I also have Kenrith at uh, number nine as well. Uh, I I really like Kenrith. I think it's well positioned. Uh, I I think that you can, and it's one of those decks that you can just play it in such a lot like big variety of ways too. So it's like okay, you want to play Adnaz? Cool. You want to play a Hermit Druid? Cool. You want to play you know whatever? Go for it. Have yep. fun. Do your thing. Yep. Uh, and it's just it's. You know, kind of what we were saying about Thras Vile, but at five colors. Yep. Uh, Max, what is your number eight for the month of November? My number eight is your honorable mention. It is Krom Tevish partner pairing, which is a deck that I've been super high on for a long time. I mean, I've always looked at Sharky's list and I've been a huge fan of it. It's kind of like I, I, I previously called it just like Grixis Turbo Wind Cons, but a little more mid range with better resiliency. Almost like the equivalent of Tim Nijeska for Mardu, where it was like, instead of being mm-hmm. pure only win con, you have a little bit of mid-range value and interaction there. And 
I love how that's positioned right now. And then I also love what Ian did with it, where he took out a lot of the pure cards that just say, I win the game, which is fine. And he swapped it out with cards that are more, I'm going to continue the game and I'm going to have a little bit more mid-range resiliency here because we're in the big boy winter and my commander's a little longer and I just want to survive a bit. And I think that's fine. It's like a slightly different way to play Mm -hmm. the deck, but I think into the current mid-range meta, there's a lot of value in having those types of pieces. Um, so yeah, I, I really like yeah. that. Again, I'm a big fan of decks that can be built more than one way, especially for ranking them as a strong commander pairing. Like Timnithras is a great example. Right. There's, that used to have like 10 decks on the database. And I like that Krom Tevish is now a little bit more of a mid-range list of Ian's paired with a little more pure turbo list of yeah. Sharkies. And both are right. very, very powerful. Um, yeah. yeah, the commanders are, are great. I mean, having double card advantage of the command zone right now is, is one of the best things you can mm-hmm. be doing. Uh, it, Tevish is yep. just a busted, busted card. Like Tevish is actually broken, and and getting to combo with Displacer Kid and Hullbreaker is amazing. Uh, my favorite card, yeah. and I was so scared that you weren't running this when I first pulled up your list. Thank God you were on mm-hmm. Mystic Reflection. That is a casual yeah, favorite of mine, and I saw it in Sharky's mm-hmm. list the first time I ever looked at it, and I was like, "That's thank God a CDH deck gets to use this because that's I, so cool." I've only I've only used it once in the deck, but and how good uh, was double box diving to ensure that I win the game is like pretty good like Fucking wild. i was like oh i need a lot of mana here huh wait okay oh there's the one dock side they each make five yeah i feel like i win here <laughs> <laughs> ian what is your uh pick for number eight in november uh you know the warrior princess has fallen far from grace yes. i got Najila here at number eight um this is the this has been happening in CEDH forever. Yes. Uh, where Najila will look like the best deck in the format. And then people will be like, well, what if I played a blocker? And then Najila <laughs> will suddenly stop doing really bad or start doing really bad. And then like it will uh, pick back up again. And people are like, well, you can play Turbo Nuts. And then people are like, oh, yeah, Najila. Like I for- keep forgetting about it. I need to play blockers. And then, it, you know, there's this cycle. And it's not just about blockers, right? But like realistically, when you're going up into these slower metas, right? So when people were getting greedy and they were getting carelessly greedy, that's a perfect opportunity for Najila yep. to take advantage of that type of meta because they're light on interaction, they're light on combo pieces, they're light on combo disruptors, and Najila can be like, yeah, sure, Final Fortune, Angels, or like, uh, I know uh, there was one list that was running uh, Everybody Lives uh, because <laughs> of their chance for glories and their like all of that stuff, right? And they were just like, yeah, I'll go in for lethal, and I didn't get there, fine, sure, everybody lives, I don't die this turn, you know, crazy stuff like that, right? And so in metas where you can go for it with Najila, and also then when you whiff have just like attacker 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 uh like things were four to six months ago Najila starts to look very attractive right however we look at the meta currently right and we're talking about decks like talion that is just a three four that you have no obligation to ever attack with right or like tivit right tivit you don't want to hold Tivit back, but if you're under the threat of an Ajila about to come down, and by the way, Tivit can then proceed to just deluge or languish or like punish these decks a ton, right? Even Tim Nakram is is incentivized now with things like Dauntless Dismantlers. Like, yeah, I got this one four back. I don't have to attack with Tim this turn, or I just play my creatures turn yeah. after turn so they have something back to stop this card right so uh, there's a lot of reasons why Najila doesn't and it doesn't grind well like that's the other big problem is that like Najila has a lot of things it can do it does not handle your opponents going yeah we're sitting behind the Ristic study nice to Revy. here's a pyroblast 
are you done? Like, <laughs> and Najila goes, yeah, I can't get my cards back. All right. Unless they have Samet, right? Like that is the, the deck does not grind well at all. So I think in this meadow now where people are starting to once again, sit behind those walls, right? Najila just looks up at the wall and goes, uh, you guys can let me in. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Najila either wins really confidently or it's top decking. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's one or the other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number eight for the month is Atraxa Grand Unifier. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a deck that I had ranked sixth last month. And it's just kind of like it, it's been sitting in the six to eight range yeah, for me yeah. for like a while now. Um, mm-hmm. It's a deck that I, I think is really strong, is really well positioned. Uh, I, I, you know, I I would like to see it be able to just perform a little bit more consistently. It had a just abysmal month uh, where it uh, well, okay, that's not true. It, it was 28% win percentage. So I guess when you're comparing it to the month it had last month, right? Where it like was almost up to like getting close to like a 40% win percentage. Um, sure. Atraxa, like it feels like a big dip, but uh, yeah it's just it's a deck that i think is really good uh i don't know that it is as well positioned as some of these other decks i actually mm-hmm. think that the more we get into the uh more mid-rangey like format the more i like tim the thrasios over atraxa uh just because of the good old tim the thrasios <laughs> Passios. Uh, Max and I both did the exact same head motion of like, hmm, I don't know if we agree with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like mean, yeah. Thrasio. Atraxa. So, I mean, Atraxa is just like it, it fits so many categories of what a commander could be. You get to have yeah. something that's an outlet commander, a combo piece, card advantage, and it's like good. Here, here, here's the issue, and this, this is honestly the crux of it, and I keep this has been what I've been coming back to every time is I keep seeing people put up results with it. I'm like, cool, awesome. And then I pick up the deck and play it for any extended period of time. And I'm just like, this deck does fucking nothing. And here's why I know this is this. I was going to bring this up is because Atraxa is the antithesis of what you and I do as players, right? (laughs) Because what Atraxa does, and this makes me so mad (laughs) because I've been talking to a lot of Atraxa pilots and this is their, like the secret sauce that they've been revealing is either a, they cheat or B (laughs) they what (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready. (laughs) I will politely (laughs) or B what they, what they do is, they act like they're a mid-range deck, but they're not good at it, right? Atraxa is one of the most secretly parasitic decks in the format. Mm-hmm. And every single Atraxa pilot I've talked to who's done well lately has just said that. They're like, oh yeah, I'm not good at like actually doing stuff, but I'm good at kind of just sitting there and looking like I'm about to do a bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> and if Atraxa doesn't resolve, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> No, the secret and to Atraxa that, I, yeah. that I've heard is you tutor yeah. for Mystic Study and you do nothing for eight turns. Yeah. Yes. That is all you do. It's wrong side without red. <laughs> no, it's, it's literally sit there, draw cards, mm-hmm. find one of your five silence effects, try and cast a silence effect every turn until one of them sticks, yeah. and then you try and win. Yeah. 
No, you look at your hand, you go, I guess I can't cast a Traxa. All right, I'll pass the turn. Or (laughs) my favorite thing a Traxa players have been doing lately, which is, oh, I can't interact. You guys got to let me have an Atraxa. It's like, no, we don't. (laughs) We need the ETB. We need the ETB. You got to let me draw seven cards. I'm so sorry. I don't you want to help you out. You got a Fimmage you want to use, right? Got got any more of those? (laughs) You got to let me get an entirely fresh hand for seven mana. I'm so sorry. I want to help the table out. And it's like, uh, (laughs) the amount of times it works. Yeah. is crazy but it works all the time because you know a lot of the times these grind games and this is what attracts it does it parasites on the table is like oh i'm so sorry guys as soon as i get the seven man i'll be super helpful and it's like okay well i'm gonna resolve the tracks a second time and i guess i win i was looking yeah. for answers everybody i promise <laughs> all i'm finding is is metamorphs I don't God, know. all i'm finding is answer or is uh <laughs> is wins weird yeah. oh oh man i guess uh, well to, to for to, so i can hold up interaction i'm gonna exile this miss holographin to my chrome box yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's my counter spells. Like. You guys want me to get rid of this board with a culling ritual, right? That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I helped, right? Yeah. yeah. So no Najila token. The deck's anymore. my number seven, but that's yeah. yeah, that's exactly the same stuff there. I think it's literally like I, I think we described it perfectly. It's like it it works, right? Like it is a th- an executable theory, right? But it is I, I know for a fact, Cal, you will never enjoy playing this deck because that is exactly the kind of used car salesman you have to be to play a track set. <laughs> no, I've piloted this deck one honest. time. That's the issue. This this yeah. is something that people who have only played with me like a lot know is yeah. people who don't play with me will see me just like talking right and be like oh the cow's politicking and it's like no i'm just like genuinely telling you what the correct play is right now yeah. <laughs> and- see but cal you have the problem of doing the opposite of what max does which is you sound like you're politicking when you're talking whereas max sounds like he's talking when he's politicking yes <laughs> no that's the thing so i so i am i i never lie i've never lied but i and and I bullshit away where like the yeah, one time do. I ever played a Traxa, I I like turned to I look at him I was like I I, I cast a demonic tutor and they're like that's fine and I look at him I was like I'm supposed to just get like Rhystic study right and he was like yeah probably and I was like okay and I grabbed Thoracle because I had them caught in hand and then my next turn I was like I was like oh, I really I really would like a Rhystic study resolve I'd like to be sure of that here's a silence. <laughs> They were like I'm absolutely not. <laughs> I never. Said I just mislead I people. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was just like, oh, it'd be cool if a risk study would resolve. <laughs> I did not get away with that that turn. They they called that bluff immediately. That is. Yeah, that is that is a hundred percent for me a too far one. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I have I have a track set number eight. Uh, moving on to number seven, uh, Mister Satellite. What do you have at seven? At number seven, I have Kenrith, the Returned King, which I have the least notes for out of any deck because I just wrote that it's really hard to place it because it can be built so many ways, and it's really hard to like give an accurate. This is what the deck. Do, what do you want me to say about this? It does yeah, everything. <laughs> it does. I mean, like it. Sometimes it's a Nas deck. Sometimes it's a Oxide Kenrith. Like the thing is, the big question is when you see a Kenrith deck at the table. Do you give a fuck about Kenrith? That's the differentiator between the deck. Are you a deck built around abusing Kenrith, or are you just a five-color pile 
and Kenrick is a Gathlight, and it gives you this mid-rangey outlet if you want it that maybe yeah. falls into a Vimage thing. But the deck is super good, and I love that because it has these such easy combos using just the graveyard and on the battlefield, and then the outlet is the commander that doesn't care about anything in your deck. Like, you look at a Thrasios deck, and you're like, okay, the outlet is Thrasios to draw your deck and do something with the cards. But with Kenrith, it's like, I can actually demonic consultation away my library. And as long as I have Dockside and Meal or whatever combination that gives me infinite mana. Dockside and Fimage, I'm GG's. You are dead. And that's all I have to say about it. Because you will be dying to this even if I have no library. Which is which is super cool. Um, and yeah, the deck's very powerful. And it's one of those decks that I think is like, being above expected win rate for like months and months and months in a row. And just not enough people are playing it. But everyone who does play it does pretty well with it. Because it's just a good, good deck. I think it's, I, I think it's the Thras Vile thing, right? Where it's just not super sexy. Um, yeah. it, and it's just like, you know, Thras Timna is that way. You know, all those decks are just like, here, here's a bunch of good Christian magic. Yeah. Go, go have fun, kids. And it's just like, it, it does the thing really well. But if, if you're wanting to get a, you know, get, get laid or whatever, it's not the, <laughs> Not the sauce, but it's, uh, it's funny you say good Christian magic. So we made we made a Discord for Colors of a Crutch, and I'm giving roles to all the people who play certain commanders. And for Kenrith, it's Kenrith Kenny's missionaries. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Ian, what do you have at number seven? Uh, it was a Traxa. We already covered that. Oh, I didn't know you said that. All right. Yeah. Uh, a Traxa Grand Unifier. Uh, yeah. oh, should we actually address the elephant in the room being the 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 cheating scandal, right? I feel like we should at least like talk about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Um, so Punny was so, cheating. <laughs> yeah, so Punny name has, has been a long time Atraxa player. We don't know to the extent to which they were cheating. We know that they were caught during Chaos. Uh, not Chaos, the Mythic Lotus sponsored yeah. Chaos series uh, last weekend. Um, we don't know the extent of their cheating. We know that they're like I, I am aware at least that, that they had some suspicion thrown on them for quite some time i don't know if like they actually had it and, and the part of the report that chaos laid out was they have a, a hard six-month ban and then they they couldn't explicitly prove malicious intent but like it was pretty clear that what they did was cheating at the time so um uh, just all i'm gonna do is just sit back and wait for memo to release the eventual report <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but anyway, so there's 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 a bit of an asterisk next yeah. to some of these Atraxa results because of uh, obviously the allegations against Punny Name, seeing as they were an Atraxa player exclusively. Right. right? So uh, one thing that is nice yeah. is that if you do control for Punny in the Atraxa results, it still has good results. So it's it it does not look at, as impressive, obviously, yes. uh, yeah. but it kind of it still does well. So it's like, just, even you know, in the mythic Lotus series that happened this weekend, there was an tracks in the top four. There was another tracks in the top 16. That was yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. on the play going into their pod. Right. Like it was, a, it was still a very confident attracts the tournament, yeah. even getting rid of those results. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, punchy killed it this weekend for sure. Dude, I'm so yeah. proud of punchy. So <laughs> proud of punchy. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, long story short, stop fucking cheating people. Um, so all you people are doing this for so that they can win and make their stats look good and then they get caught and then their stats suddenly don't look good uh weird how that works um my number seven for the month of october is a deck that we have talked about uh and it is talion the kindly lord 
Uh, wow. I am moving it up a little bit. Talion had a nuts uh, month. I fuck with 30% it. 30% win, win rate, had a 26% top 16 percentage. So 26% of the decks that Man. were getting it was a solid quarter of uh, yeah. the uh, Italian decks made top 16s. And then uh, in, what was it? Uh, 8% top four percentage of those decks. So 4% of those decks, which if, if you want to know what that average number is, by the way, for decks uh, that are uh, the average top 16 number is 4%. So mm-hmm. it's like doing it or top 4%. You know, yeah. of decks. So it's right on curve for what it should be doing there. And uh yeah, yeah I really like seeing uh you know control control winter is real, boys and girls. Uh I, I know it's nah, a meme. What'd you say? <laughs> it's uh, I I'm with Alan, it's big boy winter. Yeah. Okay, well for the record it's only November, and so it is still confidently Nezahal fall. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's end of November, so winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> Control winter is here. Uh, but yeah, t- Italian is, is up three spots for me, and I'm I'm really happy with how draw some cards. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's not it's very often that I'm the straight man on this podcast. <laughs> this is what happens when you play with somebody at like every tournament is that you just have a bunch of stupid shit you throw at each other (laughs) it is funny though dude i've been having (laughs) tossing my deck around to people and like i've had a bunch of people cast mezzahol lately for the first time in their lives and all of them have handed my deck back and they're like mezzahol is cracked (laughs) i'm like i'm for sure aware as somebody who's played tassiger (laughs) yeah mezzahol's cracked Mezahal is just better than Consphinx significantly. Everyone, oh my god, you don't think so? No, I'm you still don't on, think so. I'm, I'm, no, every Ooh. time some greedy fucker draws an extra card, they shouldn't, and you get like six Consphinx draws off of it. It's like mm. okay, but no one ever draws the extra cards when I have a Consphinx. They deny all their draws, so that doesn't happen that's, for me. But the other thing is, like, part. when you when exactly when you play a Consphinx, though, the entire yeah. game revolves around you have to murder the Consphinx. But when yeah. you play a Nezahal, people just accept. <laughs> as a whole that and that's that that's the fair. difference you don't you're not the enemy and you're just drawing cards can you wait and a dinosaur right yes. oh yeah oh yeah so you can you can use the new uh natural order for dinosaurs you to can. get it that's that true funny. you that's do have to true. sacrifice a creature with power four or greater that is also true mm, which does right make it time. significantly worse i'm not um, gonna sack my wandering arcade for that yeah <laughs> yeah tasker does there you go why neoform when you could just spend four mana instead when you could natural order but worse (laughs) (laughs) that is it was good (laughs) it was a bad order (laughs) oh my goodness max what is your number six for the month of november my number six should make our resident Sphinx simp happy. Uh, it's Tivit Seller's Secrets. Uh, yep. It is, it is a deck that is really, really good, um, and is a deck that I was super low on for the last like few months, where I was just like, Tivit yep. kind of sucks now, and that's yep. because everyone was going really fucking fast, and Tivit's not yeah. good at keeping up when people are going really fucking fast. But yes. now everyone's kind of chilling out. We're back in the Tim Nathrasios grind, and Tivit's just like, yeah. Graph Digger's Cage, a Cursed Totem, a Silence Effect, and an A plus B combo, all on my big butt mm-hmm. mana card advantage producing body. Uh, and it yeah. does that really, really well. And, and 
And what I, the thing about it is so it's like a stacks control deck, which is cool. It gets some mana card advantage. It's got really high card quality, pretty low synergy. It's a deck that always can like kind of win. What I've really been impressed by when I've been watching people play it lately, um, I don't know if you've seen any of Timujin's games. I know you've been against him a couple times. But like I know our, our game was our game was a little weird in chaos when we played yeah. it. But like if you've seen his other games, the dude is so patient. And that's mm-hmm. really the way to rock Tibbet right now. You do not force yep. anything. You just sit and wait mm-hmm. and chill. It's kind of like a Traxa, where you're just like, I'm not doing shit. The the only the difference between Atraxa and uh and Tivit is that you do kind of have to be the cop at the table when you're yeah. playing Tivit. And uh, that was that was the toughest part about playing Tivit when it was going really fast. Was you kind of had to be policing even more, which is like hard. Uh, and so it it made it so that every bad decision you made was like just compounded so fastly. Uh, whereas I mean, there's like, also the difference. Right now, oh, sorry. oh, I was just going to say, say like right now you can kind of get bailed out from bad decisions because of how much slower the format is. Yeah. You just have more time. You don't have to play a perfect game and there's like yeah. ways to come back. And also Tibbet, Tibbet has a lot of broad effects. It's not a lot of one for ones. Yeah. Like a lot of Tibbet decks are on like languish and stuff where you're just like yeah. dealing with everything all at once, kind of on repeat, which is really good, but it does have this harder mindset where like, if you're on a Traxa and your Urza Saga cracks, you can just get a jeweled Lotus. And with Tibbet, you have to decide, do I get a jeweled Lotus or do I get a graph digger's cage? And like that's actually a very difficult question that can severely change your game plan overall. Yeah. Uh Tivit, you have to be really good at reading the table, honestly. Yeah. You have to be really good at figuring out what is going on at the table and what your I, role I is. I think there's, there's also a really interesting like conversation about Atraxa builds that are closer to that initial Tivit mentality of like a little more stacks control hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um but like it's it yeah because they've this has sort of been built one way which is like we don't really care about graph diggers cage but like we still use some things that care about graph diggers cage and it's just like kind of weird hybrid space where i think like there's technically some potential there um for some some more interesting stuff i mean if you play finale devastation you can still run graph diggers cage it's not like the end of the world if you have one non-bow you can also just grab from your graveyard too well, no, no, you can't. No, you can't. They can't. Nope. Not how that works. But, yeah. uh, you can help me. What's yes. your number six? Uh, my number six being very different from Max is uh, Tivit Seller of Secrets. Okay. Uh, you know, I think this for all the the unspecified reasons we haven't talked about. No, I mean, yeah, you summarized it perfectly, right? Tivit's on the uprise. Uh, it was it was doing kind of worse lately. I still think. Um, it's struggling a bit to like turn that corner uh and it's definitely like a frustrating part about playing the deck but i think there's almost a world where you like slow it down like tallying a little bit and just kind of be like yeah whatever tivit tivit will come down at some point dog i don't give a shit right like it's the thing is when tivit gets overestimated it the deck's a lot worse right and that's been the problem with like specifically me playing it i i just have not felt like I can resolve a Tivit and like go to combat once without them being like, the apocalypse is here. We must <laughs> remove this thing. And it's like, Jesus, people relax. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I think, I think people uh, like respecting the identity of mid range control deck is not there sometimes. And I think that's, that's Tivit's biggest downfall. Yeah. But I think people were shifting Tivit for a little bit where they were really trying to rush mm-hmm. out, like turn two Tivits every fucking people, game. Yeah. That's just not the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and that, <laughs> I've been preaching that for months, man. Like it's 
Well, that was the, the original thing people were doing with Tivit, which is why it didn't get recognized for a long time. And I was like, what if we slowed it down and maybe didn't do dumb things? And they were like, oh, OK. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're cooking these secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, what if this was yeah. just like a blue white control finisher? All right. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that, that, that's that's what it is. It's it's a blue white control deck that has access mm-hmm. to black and has yep. a big finisher in the command zone. That's, that's all yep. the deck is. It's that easy. Yep. Um, my number Get six is uh, down five spots from last month, uh, which is Najila the Blade Blossom. I had Najila. Uh, Najila had a really good October and then proceeded to have the worst month that it has had in like over a year. Uh, so uh, Najil is down here. I still think it's like really good. It's just like one of those things where I think there's only like a handful of people who know how to play the deck through like any particular mid range or any particular meta. And, uh, you know, it, it it takes a lot of dedication to a very uh generic deck to uh sorry pongo but uh it takes a lot of dedication to a deck that is like hard to get excited about for most people and uh you know that's kind of how i feel about najila is you know if you're gonna play it in this metagame you gotta fucking love that deck and uh but if you're going to play it in this metagame and you do fucking love that deck, you're going to have some success because it's all right. Because uh, the people who are committed to it will still steal games because one person at the table lets you get an attack through and then the game is over. Uh, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So into the top five, uh, Max, what do you have at number five? I put a little bit more respect on our Phyrexian Angel Queen. I have a Traxa Grand Unifier at five because I do still think okay. the deck is really, really powerful, even with the controversy around it right now. Like I, I, my buddy NATO is obviously a freak on the deck. Um, and I mean, he has, he's had right. a ton of success with it. And, and it's been cool seeing other people pick it up. I know, you know, Punchy is still relatively new to a Traxa. You know, my buddy Aditari has been playing it. Like, like a lot of people mm-hmm. are picking this deck up. And they're feeling really good about the deck. And it just, it, it's, it has, I got a couple of notes here. I mean, like I said, the commander fits into three of the four primary categories that I have for commanders, where it's card advantage, combo piece, and an outlet. It's a deck that gets to run Calling Ritual. And decks that get to run Calling Ritual are almost just in their own category for me because the card is so broken in my eyes. It's a deck that pairs yeah, yep. really high card quality with really solid synergy, where the pieces do all kind of work together. The deck does this whole mm-hmm. sit around and wait thing, but it's also significantly more explosive than it's originally giving credit for. It is maybe the best tutor deck in the format, having access to both black and green and using those really, really efficiently for what it needs to do. It's not one of the green decks tutoring for Dockside, but it like still gets all the pieces it needs for those specific moments, often using those green tutors to tutor out silence effects rather than mana ramp like Dockside. It's a deck with a real backup right, right. beat plan bland, which is really nice. Like having a commander that could just fucking kill someone, I've learned from Opnixilis, is really powerful. Especially when you can gain mm-hmm. back some life in this current like bow mastery, we're going to ping your life yeah. down type of meta with Italian effects and attrition and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to run so many silence effects is, is really, really powerful. Uh, the problems with it, you literally die to an REB, which kind of sucks. <laughs> like one, one really common woman in Red Spell kills you. You don't have a lot of 
like recursion in the deck. So if your pieces get hit, your pieces are kind of just hit. And you have like maybe one endurance or a noxious revival or an e-wit to get something back. But if that doesn't go through, you're kind of fucked. So the deck doesn't have a ton of resiliency. And if you don't have a Rhystic study or some one ring mystic or more or something or other, you're kind oh, yeah, of yeah. just yeah. playing a land every turn until turn seven and then casting the twacks up and seeing what happens. Yeah. But what happens is you win. So that's cool. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're, just, you're super duper not wrong. I'm mean, that's it's I, I sleeved up the deck recently, and I definitely have those games where I'm like, yeah, like I'll I'll play again, and my I've reduced my clock by a little bit. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's about it with the deck. I do right? like, like those, I played a, a man of all. Like, yeah. Like, flashback a couple months, no one was on Hallbreaker Horror, and I was wondering. I was like, Hallbreaker Horror seems great in Atraxa because Atraxa yeah, is yeah. an infinite outlet when you do the blink thing. So I, yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan yeah. that Hallbreaker is seeing more play in more decks because like. Obviously, yeah. I play Canon. Like I've abused Hallbreaker for a long time, and whenever I would bring up putting Hallbreaker in these right. various strategies, everyone would say, "You're just used to having all the mana in the world. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." But Hallbreaker is just broken. Yeah. Like the card is nuts, and it wins with yeah. a ham sandwich. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, deck. yeah, Atraxa mm-hmm. at number five. Ian, you had Atraxa at number five last month. What do you have at number five this month? I got to say there, I, okay. I feel like we, we did have had a good discussion on it before. Um, I think the addition of Agatha Soul Cauldron and Kutzil specifically uh, really gave the deck some ups. Um, I It's also like so hard to get this deck off my mind right now because literally last weekend I had two double Sisse pods and uh, another pod after that with a Sisse in it. Uh, Sisse was in my top 16 as well. Um, I mean, I don't know. Someone like Malcolm can show up and either A, miss like the the top 16 of expo by half a point and then top 16 like every event that he goes to with this deck um pretty frequently i i know that i personally enjoy it quite a lot it's a deck that has a lot of adaptability to it i know that like when i brought it to expo i just missed top 16 on the bubble with it um and that includes some changes to the deck that i would make now that i'm like we're just kind of strictly optimal that i messed up on and like Little things like that are just like it, it is a deck that, as you mentioned before, the pivot potential, the explosivity, all of those things are really, really integral to what the deck does and, and its game plan. Um, you know, I think there are definitely some adjustments that have to be made because I think like right now I optimized Tivit to two months or I mean, say like two months ago, whereas I think I need to like optimize to say for where we are in the metagame right now. And I think it is a deck that definitely if people aren't underestimating you, which I, I don't think I have the luxury of, um, you do sort of have to tailor it to what your expectations right. are a little bit more than other archetypes. But it's still, I mean, the ability to go like, oh, if one dock side resolves, the game is over. And and like I've had conversations with people like that in the pods where, you know, like there's an active stacks piece stopping it and one other piece and person has counter spells. And I'm like, literally looking at my table being like it doesn't matter and then we'll talk to the sissy pilot at the end they were like oh yeah for sure none of that mattered at all and i was like if i didn't convince them to do this thing that at the time everyone was like that seems a little egregious and the sissy pilot was like no you 100 percent needed to do that egregious thing right then or else i would win the game right and that it's is like, exactly the amount of times the that conversation comes up. yeah yeah right what, that's what why learned, it's wrong. when, when you're going against sissy you like the only way to convince the table that they actually have to do something against to say that I've found to work for me. You need to explain the entire line of what to is able to do with exactly yeah. all revealed information. So they have to look at you and just go, you're right. And they can't argue it because yeah. if, if you leave yeah. any unknown information, any squiggle room for some way out, 
then they're just like, I don't think I have to deal with this right now. And they leave it the fuck alone. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I I will say Mm -hmm. of the decks that I've like piloted at least 10, 15 times, I I think Sissy might be the deck I have the highest win rate on of anything I've ever played. Like the deck is just crazy. If you can fly under the radar. Yeah. Uh, Sissy is up there for my kill on site commander list. Um, because it's every time I see it, uh, I am. It, it has kind of that Kinnon uh, ability with it, where every time I see it come down, I'm just like, you got to fucking deal with that, like immediately, or you're just gonna fucking lose. And like, that's I have yet to be proven wrong with that rationale. Uh, mm-hmm. My number five for November is uh, up two spots from last month. It's Rograx Silas. Uh, I I think. It's a top five deck. It has a lot of good stats. Uh, although this month was maybe not its best month. It was actually a better month than it's had in a while. And it kind of looks anemic, which is weird. Uh, but like, I like, I am appreciating this deck more. The more I play Thrasios Vile, if that makes any sense. Uh, but I still ultimately think that every criticism that I've had of this deck still holds true. Uh, the deck is really all in on here's a bunch of mana and a breach or a bunch of mana and a Nas. And I hope I win. And I just, I, I th- those aren't strategies that I'm a big fan of personally. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, there, there's a reason I like Thrasios Vile, like personally, to play more because I do like having something to fall back on. Because I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've been sitting in a pod with a Rograx Silas deck who just tried to go for it on turn one or two, got stopped, and then sat there and did literally nothing the rest of the game. I want to. I, I generally want to play a deck that can get back into the game eventually. Um, mm-hmm. and doesn't need a uh, Rhystic study from the gods to win. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, Sai, I have at five. People, listen, if you don't like that, I have it at, at number five, and you think I need to have it at one, I, I don't know. That's my number five. <laughs> um, Max, what do you have at number four? Number four, uh, I'm putting a little bit more respect on the the warrior queen. I've got Najila, who in my last time I did a rankings video went like two months ago. I had Najila as number one because uh, Najila was a deck that just terrified okay. me. And it's kind of all the stuff we've we've already talked about, where it just it wins in every single imaginable way. And in the meta we were on, at that I imagine time, as a Kinnan player, you would be very scared of Najila. <laughs> because dude i can i can fight against any different type of win kind of has i can deal with all of them but if you don't know which one they're going for paired with the fact that it's also a deck that just plays calling ritual kind of (laughs) sucks so like it's it can be really difficult to deal with where i'm like okay i've got my manglehorn to stop the grim hireling and the dock side and i've got you know this to deal with this and then they're like okay derevi or they're like okay you know just add Oz. this doesn't matter. They're always going to have some way of doing something. And yeah, I mean, the mm-hmm. ability to just win from any position in, in such a diversity of ways still terrifies me. It's, it is a card. It's literally one of the only cards in the game that if you just, if you mold to zero, if you mold to one, if you mold to zero and your top deck for turn one was a jewel Lotus and you just jewel Lotus and Jila, theoretically, you have a you decent can win. chance of winning that game. <laughs> theoretically, you can win that game. Like that's terrifying. If you never drew another card, you like you win in seven turns or something. It's, it's stupid. 
Um, so that yeah. part of the G Live, just the, the self-contained engine of it is is kind of wild. And I do love that it's, I mean, if you're a deck that gets to also just have A plus B combos is paired with everything else it already has is, is pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, the main weakness is just no card advantage on the command zone, which is in the current meta, just such an important piece. And that's why I'm, I've dropped it down to four because mm-hmm. I have an as, as the weakest right now of what I call like my S tier of decks, which is my, my top four that I think are just okay. a little bit above okay. everything else. I kind of have them separate. Okay. Uh, Ian, what do you have at number four? Uh, I have Rogsai. Okay. Um, I think it's uh, it's a very strong deck in the hands of the correct pilots. I think it's definitely one of the most overrated decks in the format, uh, just because people talk about it like it's this unbeatable, godly thing. Um, I think there are certain pilots who are quite exceptional at playing it. I also know quite exceptional pilots who are in love with the deck and who have just been scrubbing hard lately with it and refuse to jump off of it. So it it is what it is in that degree. Um, I think it's a it's a deck that asks you to take some pretty intense gambles and it allows you to do that pretty early, which is very easy to do in the Swiss, but very hard to do in the top 16 yes. because your gambles will fail more often in single elimination format. And, and you know, once again, in a, in a format where in, you know, for example, seven round tournament, right? You can take those gambles seven times and you really only need like three to four of them to pay off. Right. Uh, for for a lot of these tournaments to like advance to that next stage, right? But in in a top sixteen, you you can take that gamble once, right? You can you can take those risky plays, and a lot of the time, the players are already in that heightened state of gameplay where they are trying to interact and they're trying to be respectful of the table in the top sixteen, right? Like people don't just go into the top sixteen like, oh, it's just another round. Like they're like, no, this is my win and in for everybody, right? And because of that, they don't like they don't just let Rogs I get away with stuff. And therefore, I can't call it the best deck in the format. But it's also the deck in the format that if you don't respect it, you will lose to it 100 percent. So, you know, uh, what's the expression? Put some respect in your mouth like yeah. that, that kind of thing yeah. is like, yeah, like absolutely. The deck is good and it deserves respect and it's powerful. But it is also not the end all be all because smart players can get around it. Yeah uh rogsai is like the best like high roller deck i guess if that makes sense like if you like playing poker rogsai is a really good deck for you uh yeah yeah i don't i don't and i don't want to equate it specifically with gambling right because it's people who are taking smart risks right it is not just people who are closing their eyes and throwing the dice right it is specifically people who are making high percentage right. plays right but for someone like myself like I'm, I'm not the kind of person who wants to play a card like veil of summer because i don't think that is a high percentage play right i think that is there are chances where the floor is at zero for a card like that right so like that is a just a stylistic difference right like there's the people who are going to be like i'm going to play the veil of summer or i'm gonna you know crack my led into a tutor dump my old hand and i i kind of read that they didn't have it and if they have it sucks to be me like those are the kind of plays you need to be making and they're not risky they're not bad they're just tough and they're tough to make over and over again and do well with you know yeah 100 percent um my number four for the month this is where i have sisse weather light captain um i have had it at four now for two months in a row um i like sisse a lot it is I was getting a phone call. I don't know why it made that sound because that's not my ringtone, but, uh, (laughs) uh, so my number four for the month is, uh, Sisse Weatherlight captain. Uh, I have had Sisse here for two months. 
uh, now. And yeah, I mean, I, I think we have covered to say pretty broadly speaking. Uh, I think the one thing I will add is I probably, and I think this really goes to show like how I like conceptualize things is, you know, we've talked a lot about the like it, the shiftiness of Sisse, right? And, you know, a lot of people, you know, we have talked about this as a advantage of the deck, but also something that, you know, the deck, you know, isn't maybe as good as it could be or as other decks or something. I see the maneuverability of the deck as an advantage that maybe one other deck in the format has. Like, I, I think it is so insanely unique and in what it is able to accomplish that it deserves this much respect. And I also just see it win uh, because of that maneuverability so fucking much. So I really like having to say up here uh, and it again, it, it speaks to the type of magic that I play and I value yeah. where I right. kind of have the maneuverable, the, the deck that's super maneuverable higher than I do mm-hmm. the, you know, a, or the, uh, what is it? The super linear decks, you know? Yeah. Makes um, sense. So, uh, now we're into our final three. Number three, Max, what do you have? Yeah, which I do just want to take one moment to say when I'm ranking decks, I personally don't give a flying fuck uh, about how hard it is to learn the deck. I'm imagining someone who is like very capable with the deck piloting it when I'm putting these in yeah. order of what I think the decks are capable of. Mm-hmm. And right, I did just want to right. throw back when I, I meant to say this before, when I was thinking about Najila, like I think a really important piece and and I'm not aware of some of the old school Najila pilots, but like since I've been playing CDH, when I think of Najila, like the first three names that kind of come to my mind right now are Memo, Deverick, and Duke Niner, who are three accomplished Najila pilots who have like all won or have many top 16s with the deck. And mm. all three of them are right now not playing Najila, which I think like losing out on some of those really consistent performers is probably making yeah. the deck look a little worse yeah. overall than it is. Um, no, definitely. It, that happens with decks all the time, I think. Just like yeah. the pilots are actually extremely integral to the process. Right. And and so, yeah, I mean, when I go into to top three here, which I, I kind of want to bring this up, because I, I think this deck, maybe more than any other deck in the format, in my opinion, pilot skill, I think, makes the biggest difference. And this one, obviously, it matters for every CDH deck, but I think for Rogzai, um, having an incredibly competent pilot that understands that strategy mm-hmm. and understands those percentages and understands those calculated risks and choosing the right decision and mm-hmm. so many tutors and what you're doing yeah. for and your sequencing and your windows, and not just yeah, saying yeah, I'm going to yeah. shoot the shot, not not playing it like we fast, we ball, but playing it like I'm going to accumulate my resource and pick my window perfectly and, and just right. doing all of that yeah. right on Rog's eye. It's so, so difficult. And it is it is the mm-hmm. deck that I think rewards perfect piloting almost more than any other one. Um, so I, I just think like a lot of respect needs to be put on how hard it is to pilot that deck properly. Yeah. I mean, the deck is, when done right, it's really consistent. Like it's taking these calculated risks, but it's consistent in its capabilities with them. The deck is wildly synergistic in everything it's doing. It is also, because you're on like, you're going so deep on counter spells, you're on like days. Like it is one of the most interactive Grixis decks in its total number of interactive pieces, which means it actually is able to properly police sometimes when it does get into this heuristic study scenario where it doesn't have its gnaws or as much mana as it wants, but it's going on the card advantage and it can like properly interact and keep the game going. Um, it can absolutely always win from an empty board state out of nowhere. So you always have to be aware of it. I do think it is probably the best heuristic study Mystic Grimora deck in the format. Lacks the protection away, but it doesn't need it. Folds hard as fuck. 
uh, to Stax effects and genuinely gets absolutely railed by the fact that you are the main enemy at the table before yep. a single land is even played. It, it, it um, is, it is, it is, it truly is wild that like rogue, no matter who is playing it, no matter what the pod composition is, is that as soon as you sit down and you are playing, you reveal you're playing rog side, it is arch enemy, baby. Like it yep. is, you have put painted a giant red target on your chest. <laughs> Which, like Ian mm-hmm. said, though, if you don't respect it, you lose. Like, I, I, I had Rogsai in fourth yeah. seat in my top 16 pod at Expo. And it was it was Blue Farm into Meon Cannon into Dargo Temna, another turbo deck, into Rogsai. And I knew a capable Rogsai pilot. And I mauled all the way down to four. And I looked at that pod, and I said, if I don't keep this yep. fucking swan song on my mauled to four, this game's not getting past turn yeah. three and I have literally no shot of ever winning this game. And I kept the swan song. And if I didn't have the swan song for the necro, we'd lose right there. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's wild that you still have to respect it to that level when it's in four C, you know what I mean? But that's just, yeah, it's the way it is. The way it is. The deck is, is really good and really hard to play. Um, takes a lot of reps going through every stage from mulligans to sequencing. It's, it's a really cool deck and I, I've been yeah. playing it lately. and It's been really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Ian, what do you have at number three? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to start this one by going, okay. In, in a meta right now, say, say the meta game is slowing down, right? In a society. Um, in a society. <laughs> we, live, we live in a meta game. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so hypothetically, if, if the meta game is slowing down, right. Uh, that it sort of insinuates that board states will become more clogged up, right? Yes, right. Okay, yes, no, yes. it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore, the card, uh, <laughs> the, I mean, the card Tim the Believer might hypothetically be worse positioned than it has been historically, hypothetically speaking, right? right. So maybe, uh, you know, a pilot posits that uh, if you adjust and maybe get a more consistent card advantage engine in the command zone, uh, but also keep the, the wonderful Krom, wait, which, wait, which wait. has not been. You wouldn't be considering a planeswalker, would you? that every other turn actually two-thirds of your turns can draw you up to four cards what that's crazy there's no way way. this this, this hypothetical commander wouldn't have any combos with a kitten or a kraken would it oh in fact it does (laughs) (laughs) no i mean genuinely i i uh, obviously i'm talking about tevesh krom uh obviously i'm a little tev krom pilled right now because uh i just top 16 and then won a tournament respectively in a row with it um the literal so i've picked it up for the first time before chaos treasure 8 uh i played the entire tournament by going 3-0-2 in the swiss and it just felt like like swiss cheese just like a a nice knife cutting right through everything like it was so clean it was so powerful it was so efficient the ability to pivot to infinite mana combos when i was worried about people decking me like all all like crazy stuff like that was just so sick and then top 16 was just like uh it was a feel bad loss and i was like there's no way i'm not going back and repping the, the next week and you know i was able to take down the entire tournament with it it felt so smooth and yes it sucks losing white it sucks losing ranger captain it sucks losing timna um the card silence right like all of these effects are very very powerful in white right savine's reclamation intuition lines definitely things to lose but you also gain upsides like like max talking about playing displacer kitten lines is actually real uh playing holebreaker stuff is very real having two consistent engines that attack on a different axis is very real now i think one thing i learned pretty early on when playing the deck that i think a lot of people mistake with the deck is i think a lot of people lead to vesh mm-hmm. and i don't think to is the one to lead because you're, you're... 
<laughs> I thought somebody just got punched in the balls before I no, realized well, that was my, going my, my, my buddy's walking in the door right now, so there's going to be noise yeah, for, like, for like one minute. Nope, I think okay. I think Suki disagrees with my point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said, fuck, fuck that. Suki's telling you, you that. Cat, you, know. you say a cat was there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like leading with Krom, I feel like is like one of the main advantages of the deck. As How it is, is that right not now. the prevailing knowledge? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But well, Krom's okay. Uh, so like Krom is really really good, but I but I think there's yeah. a huge difference between mid-range and turbo and like in yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, conversations yeah. With, with sharky you know he's like mm-hmm. tevish is the commander crom's there for the colors because you're trying to go quickly right. and like the quick right. personal card advantage that you get with tevish can be better in the short term for when yeah. you're trying to just like turbo win rather than like i'm just gonna sit back and draw with crom and you're a little more designed mm-hmm. for the sit back i i, I agree but i also found that i on average draw more cards with crom like just period like in early game mid game yeah. like you know, i'm just yeah yeah maybe that's it maybe it's the meta but like i don't know the slower meta doesn't ring to me that i should be drawing more cards with chrome right i'm talking about like per turn rotation right Fair. because what chrome or tevesh on average right you divide four cards by three turns right in, in and that's in the world where they aren't attacking tevesh and attacking your thralls right which is extremely unlikely um I think I am drawing more than four cards per three turns rotations with Chrom a lot of the time, like a, a significant amount of the time. Um, so that's why I, I've been trying to lean towards that. And then also as the game progresses, I think people are less likely to be like, oh God, a five mana commander hit it with a fierce guardianship as that goes on. I don't know if that's been the case, but like Tevesh feels like later in the game, people are less likely to make bad choices by just countering a Tevesh, right? Which is, I, I think like, a little ridiculous. But, well, I've also seen um, when I was playing against uh, Tevishcon before, and I guess it's hmm. probably most of the lists were closer to Sharky's. Like I was having people crack yeah. LEDs to cast Tevish turn one, and I'm like, yes, I will force yeah. a rule that, and you will be out of the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is a play pattern I have definitely leaned away from. Although I, yeah. it is one that I have played in other Tevish decks for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I think the list is really solid right now, and it's 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 almost hard to explain. But the 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 main basis behind this is like, hey, you know, we have uh, we're in a Ristic meta right now, right? So imagine having your Ristic, and then also having this Crom to get you card advantage, and then also having this Tevesh to give you card advantage. And I'm playing Tally, and I'm playing One Ring. Like I'm I'm not going to go through a game without saying, yeah, I drew at least eight or nine cards for my permanence, right? And like that's. That, that that is the the end goal that is going to achieve that goal, and it's it's hard to argue that like these two giant commanders that provide you a ton of advantage aren't worth investing in, right? Hundred percent, big boy winner. Um, I, I think it feels like there's a little bit of recency bias with putting it through. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, uh, I I I agree with everything that you're saying. Um. My number three is uh, to the shock and awe of everybody, Tivit, seller of secrets. Um, Tivit had a really good month and perform, you know, started performing back to what it should be doing. It's Timnacrom without red, and it has really good the ability to just kind of play the game in this really mid range meta. Tivit's going to run away with a lot of these games. So uh, I love Tivit. I love seeing that it's doing well and I love seeing that it's doing well and I don't have to do well on it <laughs> to because uh, <laughs> there there was a period of time there where nobody was doing well on it. So I was just like, man, if I don't do well on it, uh, 
But uh, to the, I, I, I stand by, I think it's my contender for like one of the best decks in the format. And I think like my top three, in my opinion, I feel like just are the three decks that I think are the most solid in the format by like a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand. But yeah, Tivit at number three, up two spots. Uh, Max, where, where, where do you have Kinnon? Is it at two or is it at one? So I, I actively wanted to say, like mentally, my my one and two I have is like one A and one B. It's not, it's not like a, it's slivers between them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so hard, and it's because Kinnikrom mm-hmm. and Kinnon, they are the best of what each of them do in very different ways. Where you know I look at things in in yeah. card quality or synergy are like my two broad categories, and Kinnikrom is the best overall card quality in the format. You are just playing a pile of the best cards with not the most synergy and just really good card advantage to draw a lot of them. And then Kinnon, you're top decking Void Winnowers and Thorn Mammoths, and your average card quality might not be so good, but the synergy is off the. You're playing Timmy Commander. <laughs> yes, but but like that's the thing is it, Kinnon's strength is the synergy, and and Timnacrom's is just the card quality. Right. Um, and in the current meta where we do need to draw so many cards, I have decided to put. Timnacrom at one and Kinnon at two. And again, it's much more 1A, 1B, and it's super, super close. But I, I wouldn't feel completely honest if I said that Kinnon is just outright the best deck in the format right now. I think that TNK has a lot going for it, and it is like very well positioned right now to just yeah. be doing what it loves to do, where not only does it have the turbo win cons, where it can also just explosively win out of nowhere, especially with how the lists are currently being built, but they're so comfortable sitting back and drawn with Timna and drawn with Krom. But we're at number two, so let me talk about Kinnon. Uh, <laughs> Kinnon is my my favorite deck by a lot. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Kinnon. Um, I like grinding. And uh, pretty much, Kinnon is everything you could ever want in a commander. Yeah, I mean, Kinnon, Kinnon is all four categories. He is mana advantage, ridiculous mana advantage. He is card advantage through his activated ability. He's a combo piece, and he's an outlet, which is literally everything you could ever ask for on a two-mana commander that's just so easy to cast and so easy to get your engine started with. And what I do really love about the deck and what I've come to love about the deck is that I don't need Kinnon to win. So you were saying, like, you view Sissé in the same light as Kinnon, where you're like, oh, Sissé is in the battlefield, just murder it, and you don't have to think about the deck as much. Kinnon, I don't give a shit if you kill my Kinnon. No, I've you, have been mur- enjoying... you have to continuously murder it. <laughs> no, but, like, I, I've been loving the games lately where someone has a Drain of Magistrate out and Kinnon's just not even an option on the table because I get to point at that and say there's a Draineth, and people for once in a fucking moon will leave me alone and not touch my shit because mm-hmm. they don't think I have Kinnon, so they think I just can't do enough. And then so I finally have the freedom to just shit. develop. Well, the, the, <laughs> the secret sauce, the secret sauce with stopping Kinnon is the Kinnon doesn't matter. It's the mana sources that matter. You need to hit the rocks and the dorks, and then the deck doesn't function. If you just hit the Kinnon and you leave all my mana sources, I don't give a shit. Like, it is almost genuinely better 100%. to kill my elves than it is to kill my Kinnon. Because Kinnon makes the elves better. If you kill Kinnon, I still Board have the mana for the elves. Yeah, board wipes are really good against the deck. Like, that's that's kind of the shit. But yeah, I mean, the deck is, you get an A plus B plus, you know, sort of a little bit of C combo with Basalt, and I do like having access to that. It's a deck that can influence the game in incredibly unique ways. It's the only deck that confidently plays stuff like Void Winnower and Wandering Archaic and Nyx Blue Mansion. It's a deck that is 
somewhat affected by a pretty wide range of stacks, but is generically less affected by those stacks pieces than your opponents are. So you play through them really, really comfortably and can usually come out ahead. Um, my favorite thing about the deck recently has been the inclusion of Trinisphere, which is just like absolutely insane. In in even the current meta, where I used to have this fear of Trinisphere, and I used to think it had to be like played on turn one or turn two before people got their mana down, or it was a bad card and it's just a king making piece of shit. But in actuality, how it works is it's super nice in the mid range meta because you can just confidently play it in the mid game when everyone has like eight mana. And so no one counters it because everyone has mana and doesn't want to waste interaction on it. And then it just chokes people on their mana. And when you make the most mana and you choke people on their mana, you confidently come out ahead. And it ends up functioning right. almost like a, like a grid arbiter where you can count the number of pieces of interaction that someone can have to stop you. And generally, you can play through them just because you make the most mana by so much. Um, deck's really fun. Deck definitely rewards understanding how to pilot it i think it's a deck that really rewards an understanding of your opponents uh, a little more than others because it, depending on if you're doing it proactively or reactively i choose a much more reactive build where like understanding when to not do something reactive and just be like i'm gonna tutor for a mega horn and little stuff like that those little pivots with how you play the deck are really the big difference i think in, in like succeeding with it or not when you're not just going for like i'm gonna make seven mana and spin kinnon that is a losing strategy um, so like knowing how to just like sit back and be a little patient with things and interact at the right moments, it, it really rewards like an understanding of what things to go for and what moments and understanding what your opponents are doing and how to properly interact with them. Um, deck's super fun. I will, I will probably always champion it. It will probably always be my, my favorite deck in the format. And I, you know, I love it. It's obviously a, a bit of a passion project for me at this point. Yeah, that's Kenan super solid. It's a deck that we here on the channel have been proclaiming as the best deck in the format for a minute uh ian do you have it at one or do you have it at two uh you know i had it at one but max brought up a good argument uh i don't know (laughs) when we both have the same top 1a and 1b right like it's it's it really is hard to say which one is better at a given moment. Literally per tournament, it could be different uh, per meta, per understanding, per pod, right? Like it really, it's it's a super innocuous choice for me personally. Um, Kinnon is uh, hyper explosive, hyper efficient, really good at flipping into things that people just do not have answers for because the rest of the format doesn't require that you make such, uh, you know, crazy choices. I think Max said it perfectly, like you need calling ritual to stop yeah. it basically, right? Um Blue Farm is the pivot deck of the format. I've literally been in my coaching sessions talking about how pivoting is the integral strategy to be able to win right now, right? The ability to go, uh, yeah, I'm just going to grind with Timna or I'm going to Krom. I'm not even going to cast any spells. And then within a heartbeat go, no, nah, Final Fortune, I'm winning the game right now. Like it, the no deck does that better uh, than Timna Krom. So, you know, having a conversation about which one of them is innocuously better in any vacuum doesn't really make any sense because they're they're both insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they're kind of a tier above. Just those two. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. Sure. I, I have Kinnon at two and Timna Krom at one. Very same situation. It's one A, one B. <laughs> what how do you want me to split it up, right? It's just like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I did move Tim Nakram up to number one. They were at number three, and that movement mm-hmm. is very much because of the mid-range movement. It's also had like two very solid, well, three very solid like uh tournament result months in a row. Uh so mm-hmm. it's definitely doing well. Now I've got dog hair all over me. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, 
What what am I supposed to say about Tim Crom and and Kinnan that hasn't already been said a million times on this show and by you guys and you know everybody? Uh, they're two best sex in the format, uh, and such a fucking cute dog. Thank um, you. But yeah, that's what uh, that's what I got there. Um, <laughs> so that wraps it up for us. That is our top ten for the month of Ooh. November max for people who like uh, you, where can they find you out there on the internet? What are you up to? Yeah. So I am i uh, I am a co-host of a YouTube podcast channel called colors or crutch, which is co-hosted by Max Stefferman, who is the guy who top 16 top day expo on Italian. Uh, now we call him the Italian man. Um, so yeah, we have a YouTube channel there, which would be awesome. If you guys could check out, I can be found on Twitter or discord uh, under wounded satellite. I'm an admin on the Kinnan Discord and the Elevator Discord and the Italian Discord. So I'm also around those spots if you have any questions about those decks. Um, and yeah, it's been an awesome time. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian, what are you going to be up to over hey. the next uh, the next few weeks? Ooh. So yeah, PAX Unplugged is this weekend. By the time you heard it, it's last weekend. Remember, it's this is in the past. Point. You know. This in the past, yeah. Time, time is an abstract concept that we as humans have created to represent the progression of reality itself. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So next, <laughs> uh, yeah. This weekend, I'll have people in Philly and be cool. Uh, the weekend after that, I'm debating whether I'm doing Mox Masters or I think that uh, there might be like a get together between some some Philly creators, and I'm probably gonna go to that and draft and do it's more fun, fun. stuff. Seems I like I like being in person with people that I haven't seen in months, so I'm probably gonna do that um despite professional obligations. Mm-hmm. After that there is a um the place where Festival of Nights was held, uh in Wilkesboro, there's gonna be like a sixty four player uh event, which I'm probably gonna head out to, which would be pretty cool. Um and yeah, you can find me on the internet over at Comedian MTG, as you heard in this episode. Uh I recently won the most recent uh Mythic Lotus online event, pretty sick. Um, you know, if you're interested in CDH coaching and all that, you can find me over at comedianmtg at gmail.com, Twitter, and YouTube, any of those places, and all all that stuff's in my description. So you can you can easily find me there. So So how do you guys want to end this episode? What do you guys what are we what are we thinking this week? We've done some uh, I think the only way to end it is more pets. More pets. Oh, no. <laughs> I have so many dogs here. That is a cute kitty. That is a cute kitty. Athena, where are you at? Why are you Pickles. in the other room? Oh, the pickles. What are you doing? <laughs> Hi. So I have my dog, Suki, and then there's this big, there's this big boy. Oh, my God. Hello, pickles. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the hole. Oh. Hello, girl. Hey, come here. Come here. Weird. Tried to show pickles to the camp. Oh, come here, Suki, baby. Mm, pet camp oh. very important. <laughs> What a precious dog. <laughs> I've had her since she was eight pounds. Oh my god. She's my baby. She we fall asleep mm. every night. She falls asleep with her head on a pillow under the covers being spooned. Adorable. Yeah. This is my my dog is a man. Uh, <laughs> my dog so so my dog is a healer. Um so she is constantly working. And by working, I mean she is hurting our uh, me and my wife constantly. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, if we are not, the only time she relaxes is when Cassidy is not at home, and any other time she is trying to get the two of us into the same place 
And then if we're in the same place, we can't do anything. We just have to be in the same place. If we want to cuddle, if we want to, you know, kiss anything, you know, I needed her when right I was there. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all in this episode. Thanks for listening to the Mind Sculptors. I'm Callahan. Bye. See you next Bye. Week.